0: Another extraordinary message on Gil Athletics Connections. Well, welcome to the show. If it goes to appreciate the coach, the ones who point people most, Every season needs a voice of reason, speaking the growth. Got to prep for you, carry the load. It's coffee to the soul. For those of us who stay on the go. Proper handoff to stay in the zone. What you packing for the road. There's more than one way to the go. Take notes, that's paying your toe. It ain't practice if your purpose ain't clear. It can't happen to you listen with both ears. You can't mentor without a mentor. Here's of, of experience. You can reinvent those years. Every plan's got a standard to live up to. And the price sacrifice. Can you give up you? It's a choice and a fight not a win or lose it's not a ploy but vice so y'all can make more moves it's not about how to it's all about why you don't know till you know who you are inside six million ways to tie choose none so we all cross the finish line the work ain't done so we learn from the experts we all got to put in the legwork guild athletics use a network it's all about connections put together for the profession to every track coach could be blessed
1: All right. Welcome back to the Gill Athletics Connections podcast. I am your host. Really humbled, man. I just have such a good time with this. I'm so glad you continue to come back week after week. But I'm your host, Mike Cunningham here at Gill Athletics. Uh, We've got another one. We just got over the hump. We just got done with episode 200. So we're going to have guest number 201 here today. Before we get started, kind of two things. One is, I just want to apologize up front. I'm battling a little bit of a cold. So I've got this cough drop so I don't cough all during uh, today's episode. So if you hear me kind of smacking around with this cough drop, I'm so sorry. I'm not a good enough editor to get all those things out. So just uh, bear with me on this one. I appreciate your patience. And two, I want to give a shout out. Anytime someone takes the time uh, and is conscious enough to leave us a review on Apple, I like to give them a shout out. So a good friend of ours, Jonathan Medeiros, I was actually on his podcast, I was uh, humbled to be on his podcast, recently left us a five-star rating on Apple and commented and said, I look forward to each new episode that comes out. Great podcast. So Mr. Medeiros, man, thank you so much for doing that. If you want to get your shout out read online. Hey, it's pretty easy. just go in and leave one on Apple Podcast or any of the other ones that uh, have reviews as well. okay, enough housekeeping. Let's get started with today's show. Help me welcome from Arizona State, the head coach, the director, the the grand Puba. I think that's actually what's on his business card. Help me welcome the wise, the wonderful Mr. Dion Miller. Dion, how are you, sir?
2: How are you doing, Mike?
1: Um, you know it's it's supposed to be spring here. Let's compare weather. So it's spring. I think today when we're recording is actually the first day of spring. Today we have a high of 50, and that was like 10 to 15 degrees higher than what is what it was yesterday. So it's like feels good today to be 50. W- what is it in a beautiful Phoenix, Arizona there, man?
2: Uh, today's high is 74, I believe. Oh. oh, so that's chilly. That's chilly out there. That is chilly. <laughs> that is chilly. You're right
1: about that. I remember I I used to coach at Ball State and then I went to Mississippi State and I remember, you know, at Ball State, it was like, hey, if it's 32 degrees, we're going outside because we'd miss half our outdoor season. And then I remember going to Starkville and it was like 70 degrees one day and they're like, you know, they had long sleeves on and they're like, can we go inside? And I'm like, man, it's 70. Like it's just, it's all about perspective of what you're used to, man. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, we know it gets hot there at Arizona State, and we've got a lot to cover today here with you. So let's get hopping. Let's get going here. Dion, at some point, assuming you were an athlete, we'll, we'll probably figure that part out. But at some point, coaching had to switch in your mind. It had to go from something that was done to you hey, go run this, go lift that, to maybe at some point it flipped you and you're like, oh, wait a minute. Like maybe I could be a coach. Like maybe that could actually be a profession for me. Let's kind of go back to ground zero here. Where does coaching
2: begin for you? You know, as I reflect back um yeah, in my thoughts, in my memories, as uh where did coaching begin, you know, for me? I could say it it began uh from my first experience, uh, I guess in junior high. Um, obviously for me, uh my coaches, were primarily my my my, mentees mentors uh, and uh, were fathers to me, you know, and so for me, the aspect of coaching has always been a guiding force, uh, Mike, you know, in my life, and so uh, more importantly, I can say that uh, when I when I identify, you know, um, my junior high coach as is is someone who was an influencer, who was a, um, you know, key figure in terms of introducing me to sports and, you know, you know, and develop, help develop me as the, you know, the person I am today, I can tell you that uh, I always liked the idea of a coach. And uh, so um, let me just jump forward to, uh, you know, when I graduated college there at Texas Tech in 1998, i couldn't think of a profession that i uh, you know i you know wanted to do more than coaching and so for me uh coaching has always been a desire for me um you know um uh, i enjoy uh, impacting young people um uh, and more importantly uh, this sport has given so much to me and i really feel that it, it is my duty uh, you know, and an uh, honor for me to, you know, you know give back uh, to the youth and, and give back to, to young men and women what the sport has definitely given me. So two things. Do
1: you remember junior high coach's name? We love giving shout outs. What was their name?
2: Well, my junior high coach's name, you know, he's he's gone, but uh, Coach Austin is my, my uh, junior high coach's name. He coached but uh obviously for me uh he was definitely a dear dear coach to me so so when you think of coach austin like it, it was interesting to see your face as you started
1: thinking about when you're talking about the role he played and the mentorship and how he you know helped you guide you through the sports first and then you know through that comes life as well uh-huh. y- your face kind of softened like there was like i could tell automatically like oh this is someone that's special to you oh and yeah as you look back now cuz now you have perspective right you've coached a lot of kids now at this point you've been through a lot when you look back at your interactions with coach Austin and you, and maybe you can kind of like like almost like take yourself back there and you see coach Austin working with kids in, at your junior high what was it about his style that was so attractive to you that was like oh man wait a minute I, I want to please him I want to be a better person for him and then you end up becoming him you become a coach what was it about his
2: style? Well, you know it was just his his he's very sincere, and uh, for me, um you know you know that was important for me uh, and obviously he was very demanding in terms of um uh, his expectations were very high, and so um being direct, you know um he came in my life in a point in time where I needed direction, mm-hmm. so he definitely gave me that. And so for me, uh, that was something that, uh, you know, I definitely uh, catered to. I think that I like that style because, you know, you know, you know, I needed attention. I wanted attention. And and he was a coach that would definitely uh, give his athletes attention and and point out the things uh, that he needed for us to do. And so for me, you know, you know, I just fell in love with that that concept. When you say he gave attention to
1: athletes, sometimes we think of that negatively, like, oh, well, yeah, coach pays attention to the kids who are doing really well. Did he work with, if you were a a 72nd quarter quarter-mileer guy to a 52nd quarter quarter-mileer guy, which would be a a huge run, especially in junior high, was he the kind of coach that worked with, if you were on the team, he was going to work with, if you put in the effort, he was going to put in
2: the effort, or did he really just work on the studs like you, Dion? No, he was a coach that worked with everybody. He's a coach that you know, de- demanded perfection from everybody. Everybody had a role to play, so he definitely demanded uh, demanded expectation out of ev- out of everyone. Awesome. As you go through
1: junior high, then you go to high school, and you alluded you went to Texas Tech for undergrad. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was the goal? Was as you went into Texas Tech when you were looking at a, a major to pick and you know in a future career, did you go in? Thinking, yeah, I'm I'm gonna be a coach. So, did you study some kind of undergrad, of like exercise science or something, or what was the goal at that moment?
2: Yeah, I'm, I first I first went in undecided because I didn't know what route I wanted to go go to, go to in terms of through in terms of uh you know uh coaching and teaching. Uh, so for me, I went in undecided. I did major in exercise sports science. Yeah. Um, with a uh, minor in in health. And and so for me, uh, I wanted to go the route of, first I thought I'd be just a physical education Mm -hmm. teacher um, with accreditations of um, um, special education. And so my primary goal was to be a uh, adaptive um, uh, PE, physical education uh, instructor, where I would uh, create individual education plans for the physically impaired or disability children with disabilities. And so that was, that was really my passion, uh, in terms of that. And so, uh, once I, um, decided to go that route, got into it, um, uh, that was, that was the route I went, I went in terms of, um, just overall my undergrad and, and I always wanted that to be, um, uh, something that, um, um, you know. You know, obviously, it was very important to me uh, to to um, you know give back in in terms of, of and I you know I cater towards that because I was introduced to uh, to that actual um, certification and really fell in love with it. So I really never really decided to get a degree in coaching. Uh, more importantly, I felt like with my uh, athletic uh, experience and you know uh, the things that I accomplished from high school. Uh, going into college I felt like like those 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 are going to be my greatest attributes towards coaching so uh, I went the adaptive uh, PE route so explain that a little
1: bit cuz that is I mean when I look at so you, you know my heart for coaches in general is huge when I look at when it's special olympics special needs uh, adaptive abilities I mean, your heart, my my best friend in this whole wide world, he's like my brother, his younger mm. brother had Down syndrome. So I, when I was in high school, I would help, I was um, um, mm. not a tutor, but uh, an aide in those classes. And oh my, I mean, it is one of the hardest professions. You know, I'd watch those teachers and now I see it in our school district here uh, where I live in Illinois. I mean, you you have to have a huge heart to be a teacher. Your heart has, to, you have to have like five huge
2: hearts to be in that field. What? what why specifically that field? Did you have any background in that? Well, you know, I mentioned my junior high coach, you know, he had a, he had a prosthetic leg. And, and so for me, um, once again, the, the very person that introduced me to sports, you know, uh, overcame some adversities and, um, you know, you know, I, I, I learned on, I learned really quick uh, that um, you can't make any excuses. He didn't, he never made made any excuse and uh, he had a prosthetic leg and uh, and so for me that was just something that I did that, that was very dear to me and I, I felt like that would be a a great uh, a a great career to go into yeah that is amazing wow that is so
1: cool i love how the influence of people in your past affected your present and future man i love that that's so awesome so uh you go to texas tech
2: uh was was killer your coach was he there when you were there I you know you know Wes Kelly was was coaching at Abilene Christian at the time. Okay. Uh, uh my coach. I had two coaches. Uh, head coaches there at Texas Tech. Uh, coach uh, uh, Corky Oglesby recruited me, um, and obviously he was my coach. Uh, and then obviously when Corky retired um Greg shoulders became the head coach yeah. at, at Texas Tech and so uh he finished up my last two years coach shoulders. okay um, so that's that's uh, that was, those those are my two head coaches at Texas Tech
1: not to spoil uh, as we go through the journey here but I know you coached at Texas Tech and I was like oh wait that'd be really cool I didn't know if Wes was uh, your head coach or not that'd been really cool so what kind of um uh, not not what kind of athlete you are cuz it doesn't matter if you were a honestly a collegiate 60 second 400 meter runner or a 45 it really does not matter in regards to your coaching um but what what was your events and what, what i mean you went to tech so i have to assume you were pr- pretty good uh not many kids go on Text team that aren't you know pretty
2: good kids what kind of uh what events did you did did you do i i, ran, I, was, I mean i was a short sprinter so okay. uh i ran the 100 and 200 both relays yeah so um Um, You know, I I could say a a very talented sprinter, had a lot of upside. Um, Started off at Texas Tech. uh, Obviously, we were in the Southwest Conference. So I'm dating myself, Mike. Yeah, holy cow. uh, So uh, you you can imagine uh, that was baptism by fire for sure. Uh, I I was going to say, hold on, because we have plenty of people right now
1: that are like Southwest. Did he mean Southeast Conference? Wait, I didn't know Tech was in the South. No, he means the Southwest Conference. And we've got to stay here for a second because the Southwest Conference was legendary. So Mm -hmm. talk to us a little bit about that conference. Who was in it? What was happening? Because it was, I mean, you think the SEC is great and it is, and I'm an SEC homer. So I think it's amazing. The Southwest Conference was no joke at all at what they were doing. Talk to us a little bit about that
2: conference. Oh man, we, you know, we had TCU, uh, we had Obviously, Texas Tech, uh, Texas, Baylor, Oklahoma. Yeah. Um. You know. Um. At the time, we had SMU. Um. You're talking about. You know, the the uh, granddaddies of them all in terms of great track and field program. Was Arkansas in there? Um. Arkansas was in there for. Uh. Yeah. They were. Okay. Yeah. I thought they were there for some point. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And, and this was, you talk about baptism of fire, like this was a unbelievable conference.
2: Unbelievable conference, tremendous. You know, you talking about the Bronson brothers at Rice to uh, Deion Minor at Baylor, Tony Miller at Baylor. Uh, I mean, uh, whole nine yards. TCU had a slew of of guys that, that you know, they were very competitive, very fast. Uh, so it was, it was definitely uh, University of Houston, Mm. Um, you know Chris Jones to Sam Jefferson I mean you could you, you just name them <laughs> it was kind of the conference
1: back then yes it was yes it was that's awesome so you were a short sprint I, don't, I kept using quarter mile examples because I thought you were quite I think I just think of you as quarter mile because everywhere you've gone there's been great quarter milers there so <laughs> I just think of that in my head like oh you must have been a quarter miler but you were a one-two guy yes sir any one any field event? any long jumping or hurdles or anything like that
2: just straight one-two Straight one, two. Straight one, two. Did you ever try them? No, sir. Never <laughs> tried. Never tried anything, but I ran a 100 and 200. That was both my events, for sure. If you don't want to try the hurdles or a long jump or anything else like that, be really
1: good at the one and two. Be like, hey, look, man, I, I need to focus. I'm pretty good over here.
3: <laughs>
1: so you get this amazing degree uh, from Texas Tech, uh, exercise and uh, sports, um, uh, would you say science or physiology?
2: It's it's sports science, sports yes, science, so.
1: right? Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you do? So you you now you know you're going to be a coach, right? As you get mm-hmm. towards graduation, you're like, yep, this is what I want to do. What was your? And this is where every kid right now, you know, we're we're it's in March right now. They're getting ready to graduate in May and June, and they want to be a coach. So they're mm-hmm. like, what is my first step? What was your
2: first step? Did you go to graduate assistant, undergrad, volunteer? What did you do? My first step, I went back home. Of course, I went back to uh, familiar grounds. And I became the head uh, girls track coach at South Hills High School there in Fort Worth, Texas. Um, um, And um, they had just opened up South Hills. So we had uh, freshmen only, and I I was to start that program. And so from South, I coached there for a year, and then I I got offered, uh, obviously, an assistant coaching position to go coach back at my alma mater, which is Everman High School there in Everman, uh, Texas, which is located just uh, about uh, 10 miles outside of um, uh, Fort Worth city limits there, uh, South South Fort Worth. Um, and so Everman, I graduated from Everman, so I went to Everman um, and uh, coached there um and obviously i i under um you know uh coach atmore who was who was my coach the there at everman uh, i was his assistant and so um you know so that was a great experience to go back and coach at my my i was gonna say let's excuse me let's get there but real quick as
1: you started coaching high school and sound like uh high school freshmen girls to start out with what was that experience like because on one day in may you were a senior 100 meter sprinter at texas tech Mm -hmm. you were dion and then in let's call it january of the next year you're coach miller you're staring at these 14 year old girls and it's one thing i mean You knew what you did for workouts, but I'm not sure you can sit there and look at 14-year-old girls and go, okay, let's just do the same things. How did you, what was your first like
2: adaptation of like, okay, here's what I did, but here's how I need to coach? Well, just understanding um, the teaching aspect of it, uh, introducing uh, these young people into the sport. And so the difference was, uh, you know, I I didn't put a lot of expectations on them. Um... uh, my charge was to teach them how to, how to work and teach them the events. And so um, for me, you know, just to put on my, my, my teaching hat. And um, obviously, uh, you know, I tried to be uh, a mentor to all the, to all the young ladies and uh, also coach the men as well, the young boys as mm-hmm. well. Um, and so if you, if you coach in the state of Texas, you get a coaching stipend. And so, Obviously for me, um, I was labeled the 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 head girls track coach, but also coach work all the all the boys as well. And so just teaching them the sport, obviously as freshmen, uh everything's new to you. Uh back then, um we didn't have a lot of our, our athletes that are, were running club track. And so uh for me, it was the very first time that these athletes uh, you know, experienced track and field. And so, uh, you know, I was, you know, we had some great athletes. And so uh, my mindset, you know, coming from a collegiate, you know, athlete going into, a, you know, being a high school coach, uh, I wanted them to understand, uh, you know, the basis of things and and how do you get uh, uh, to the point to where uh, you're fortunate enough uh, to get recruited and and catch the eye of, of some college coaches. And as a high school coach at this
1: point, were you only coaching sprints or were you also in charge of jumps or any other field events?
2: Like I said, I was in charge of uh, on the women's on the on the girls side. I was in charge of, you know, obviously uh, the whole program. But then uh, I primarily event coach. I coached I coached the sprints. So I had obviously I had a jumps coach as well as a distance coach. Okay, And so I coached the sprints on both sides uh, uh boys and girls
1: okay I, i was wondering if you had to do an event that you didn't do how did you adapt to that but at this point you're just doing the the sprinter sprinters at this point both boys and girls yes yes and then you go on to your alma mater there at everman now this is unique your head coach who coached you is still there you know, so, coach yeah. How, how does that dynamic work? You know, uh, 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 for him, uh, yesterday you were this 17 year old kid on the team and now here you come as an assistant for him. How did that dynamic
2: work out? Oh, it was wonderful. I mean, coach Atmore, Atmore welcomed me back with, with open arms. And of course, uh, you know, uh, uh, I didn't, I didn't tell you this in the beginning, but I started off as a football that, um, um, you know, I, I played football. And so uh, that was definitely my number one passion. So not only did I, um, you know, uh, coach track at Everman when I went back, uh also coached, uh, you know, football as well. And Coach Dale Keeling, he was the head coach at the time. And uh, so for me, I had a freshman, um, you know, freshman team that I coached there and worked with the freshman team and then obviously worked with the uh, the track team. You know, in the spring. So my plate was full. You know, Yeah. My plate was full. But uh, Coach Atmore, you know, welcomed me back with open arms. It was definitely, definitely refreshing to walk the hallways of my alma mater hmm. and, um, you know, really just go back down, uh, you know, memory lane and reflect on, uh, you know, uh, what got me to the point of, you know, the point where I could, uh, you know, go to Texas Tech and get a degree. And so uh, that was definitely refreshing to go back. Now, I didn't want to assume, but
1: I did assume that a sprinter in the state of Texas, that of course you played football. I mean, that was just like, I'm not <laughs> i am not sure it's allowed not to also yeah. play football. But now thinking about how uh, good you were as a sprinter and you went to Texas Tech, did you play or try to play football there at all? Or was it just track and field?
2: No, uh, when I decided just to accept the track uh, scholarship, I decided to put my football cleats up and uh but i never i never went out uh we got asked several times right uh, i never went out uh, Yeah. do you you ever look back and regret that at all like man what if i'd have played football yeah i do um in terms of uh my abilities and, and what i thought i i could do in the sport of football uh but uh i can look back and say you know that that god has a plan and his plan uh, was for me to go out and, and get my degree at Texas Tech and run track, and so I just followed the plan, Mike. Just followed the plan.
1: That's the way to do it. If, if any, if every athlete would just do that with their coach too, just follow the plan, we'll, we'll be okay. We'll, we'll get <laughs> right there much easier.
2: Right <laughs> about that. Right about so, that.
1: So <laughs> you're at Everman. You're coaching football. You're back to some football roots here, oh. and you're coaching with your former head coach. Did you? So he coached you uh, in the sprints and now you're coaching sprints there. Was there a, any stylistic difference that you had picked up from your time through Texas tech and even your year at, uh, South Hills that conflicted at all with his style? And if so, how did that, how did you guys work that out?
2: Well, I, let me, I have to correct you there. Uh, coach Charles Stewart was my head coach when I ran. Okay. And coach Atmore was the assistant coach Atmore assumed the head coaching job. Um, uh, obviously, uh, once I graduated mm-hmm. and then after, you know, I graduated. So when I came back, coach Atmore was the head coach. Right. And so I can tell you that, uh, you know, uh, God rest his soul, coach Charlie Stewart, uh, coach, coach Stewart was, you know, our defensive coordinator. Uh, so he definitely had that mentality of, of, you know, uh, high expectations. Uh, he was very aggressive with his tone, which I, you know, which I cater to, you know, as an athlete. Mm-hmm. Um and um, you know, so for me, um you're talking about um, you know, it was it was just like a safe haven for me because mm-hmm. Coach Atmore obviously he coached us in the sprints. And so um in, in, in him working with us in the sprints, um, you know, um I felt I felt like I was at home. And, um, you know, you know it was just back to business as usual, yeah, nice. And how many years were you there at your alma mater? I stayed there for a year and a half, and so so I decided, you know um to go to Texas Tech, you know, after coach Kitley um got the job I think during ninety nine two thousand um I applied for the job. he had a job opening and and so uh the first year his first year there you know i you know i um i decided not to go but then you know i assumed the position there at, at uh texas tech um the um fall of 2000 fall of 2000
1: were you so this year these two two and a half years of high school coaching did you always have in your mind that you wanted to coach college or were you completely like is this Texas Tech thing was a uh, I'm gonna call it a dream come true because you wanted to go to college or was it because oh it's my alma mater as well like there's a draw there possibly too
2: well I uh you know had a tremendous opportunity to coach in high school so I wanted to experience that and so going in, it was baptism by fire. You talk about, you know, uh, hats off to, to these football coaches, especially the young coaches that are going out scouting. You know, uh, you know, leaving on Thursday night. You know, uh, coaching freshman football, coaching JV football, then have to go scout and get the scout report back for right. the ball team. You know, so for me, I did all that. I uh, mean, and uh, you know, loved it, loved every bit of it. But uh, there was something missing in terms of. You know, I always liked the the um I guess the you know the the, the feeling that I had, you know, being at that national championship, you mm-hmm. know, and, and track and field. So I fell in love with the sport in terms of, you know, um, you know, coaching uh, you know, uh high school. I was like, you know what, I wonder if I could coach at the next level. Mm-hmm. And so when the opportunity came, you know, I just took advantage of it. I definitely did.
1: And you you had a fork in the road there, kind of two forks, right? One is stay high school, another one's go collegiate. The other one there is you're coaching football. Any thought to continuing down that path and coaching football, whether it's high school, college, and beyond?
2: You know, I never thought about it, you know, to that aspect, uh, you know, but that could have been an avenue that I could have went down.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, you know, you got, I can tell you that same uh, freshman football team I had, uh, uh, they you know they went on to win the state state championship as varsity. Wow! Uh, you know those young men, and then they graduated. So it was exciting to see those young men, you know, win the state championship there at Everman. Uh, but you know, you know, uh, those guys, uh, you know, that did a really good job. And, and now those coaches, you know, you know, because we got like Coach Leon Paul. He's the, he mm, coach yes at Lancaster High School. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was on that on that freshman team. Oh, yep. is that right? Oh, that's oh, so yeah. cool! Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, uh, uh, yeah. So it was exciting, you know. Uh, but you know, um, uh, you know, never, never really went down that that road. Uh, but uh it definitely. Uh, if I'd have had someone like you to, you know, put that on, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, you know, pose that to me, uh, maybe I would have thought thought about it. But no, track is my passion. I love track and field, and so I took advantage of the opportunity
1: who knows, man, you could have been a fired coach who's getting paid $7 million a year to <laughs> do whatever you want. You know, you never know. That could have been the path.
2: Yeah, you never know.
3: You never <laughs> know.
1: I sit back, you know, when I um, first got into coaching, I was sitting in my fraternity house, staring at the high school, De La Salle in Chicago, and watching football, you know, their, their field is right there. And maybe similar to you, I had such a passion for track, I called the track coach up to see if he needed a volunteer assistant, et cetera. And that set me on my path to coaching, which, you know, you you and I have uh, been very similar. We had a lot, until I got out, we had a lot of the journeys together there. And, uh, and I was, you know, now that I sit back, I go, what if I'd have called the football coach? Maybe I'd have been a million dollar coordinator, get fired. I'm still okay. (laughs) (laughs) I just made the wrong phone call. Maybe. No, I I made the right phone call. You you did too. You made the right
3: decision too.
1: So, you get to Texas Tech around 2000, which I didn't know that because that's awesome. You and I, I don't know. Do you remember when you and I first met? Uh, I know I don't remember. I see. This is you're much more important to me than vice versa because I remember <laughs> exactly where we met, my friend. It was the 2001 uh, junior college championships in Odessa. And okay. I was the head coach at Neosho. You and I were sitting oh, in the wow. stands and I was just enamored that a guy from Texas Tech was right there. I was like, oh, I want to talk to this guy. And you and I were talking. And you probably mentioned like, yeah, I was coaching high school last year, you know, two years ago. And it probably, that probably like meant something to me like, oh, well, I started coaching high school. So like this means a lot. And you were, and I had no one for you to recruit, uh, but you were one of the, um, there were several, I'm not going to say a few, um, but there were others that were on the other side of the, the coin that you didn't dismiss me just because I wasn't at Barton. You remember Barton at that time, you know, um, um, the triple jumper, you know, LeVan Sands, Walter Davis, you know, I had no one. You could probably have added up all three of my triple jumpers. And I probably couldn't jump as far as Walter Davis did back then. Um, but you talked to me like I was a human. It didn't matter that I didn't have anybody for you to recruit. And I, I still remember that to this day, sitting in that stadium. And I was like, man, this guy, he's at, I mean, cause I I, I wanted to be, at a big 12 sec, you know? So it was like, Oh man, here's this guy. He's, he's at where I want to be. And you're talking to me like, like I matter. And that really, really meant a lot to me. And to this day it says a lot about your character, my friend.
2: Man, I really appreciate that, man. That's, that's definitely a, yeah, I don't remember that, but man, I tell you, uh, you never know who you, you know, you, you know, that, that's why I tell everyone, you got to watch what you say, uh, how you say it. And, uh, you know, you know, for me, that means a lot to me that uh, I was able to uh, embrace you. And uh, because I know that was that was humble beginnings for the for the both. That's right. Exactly. (laughs) Amen. We were both learning like, what are we doing? here? (laughs) So
1: tell me what's it like? I have a very special place in my heart for people who coach at their alma maters. Like that's a, a big deal to me. So you're back uh, at your collegiate home at Texas tech and you're coaching collegiate track and field and you're coaching collegiate track and field. This is the first time I understand you ran it, but you didn't coach it until now. And you've got Wes Kitley, who is one of the best all time coaches out there. He's overseeing yeah. you. How, what was this experience like as you're now coaching in the collegiate side back at Texas tech?
2: Well, first of all, you know, it was definitely, uh, it was definitely great to go back to, to Texas tech. to remember I had been removed um you know, uh, two, two years. And so for me going back, it was very exciting to put on that, that, uh, take off that Jersey and put on that polo and, um, (laughs) very very exciting. And, uh, so I had a lot of energy, Mike, a lot of energy, uh, you know, and you gotta remember for me, you know, you know, we didn't have that many, uh, athletes on the team when I was, when I was a a student athlete at Texas Tech. Mm. and So, uh, you know, um, fast forward, you know, when I when I arrived on campus, uh, you know, we had more athletes than you know we ever had on a team in mm-hmm. combined men and women. And at the time, you know, uh when I when I entered into Texas Tech as a freshman, you know, we had separate programs. Mm-hmm. And so so for me, uh it was it was refreshing. Uh when I came back, we were a combined program, you know. And that's back when they, you know, all the programs had started, you know, combining. Mm-hmm. And so we were combined. And so, um, I mean, it was, you know, brought a lot of energy into it. It was definitely exciting. Um, you know, um, my coaching style, I didn't have a coaching style at, at, at the time. Right. And so uh, for me, you know, uh, you know, some of the athletes that, that were freshmen uh, on the team when I graduated were still on the team. <laughs> and, you know, so for me... Um, you know, it was good to see my old teammates and then, you know, for me to be a coach, you know, you know, I felt like, you know, I wanted to gain the gain that athlete's respect. I knew that I was a young coach. And so it was a lot of pressure because, you know, obviously with Coach Kitley, you know, winning, you know, 40 plus national championships at Abilene Christian, you know, you know, it was definitely, you know, you know, I had to definitely, you know, have my, you know, be on my P's and Q's at all the time. So what did you do, what are you doing, at least at this
1: point, for coaching education? And that coaching education could be what I call the formal side, whether it's USATF level ones and twos, things like that, or just as important is the informal side, so mentors, anybody you're calling, anybody of like, hey, okay, so I got this tech job, guys. Uh, how do you do it at such and such university? What do you, you know, you're kind of, we're similar. What what do you do? What were you doing at this
2: point for your coaching growth, your coaching education? Well, you know, I had no knowledge of coaching certification hmm. at all until I started coaching high school. And so, uh, you know, I'd had several opportunities to, uh, you know, go get my level one certification and uh, so for me, you know, I had no knowledge uh, of, of of that as all, at, at all. And I really didn't have the time, you know, you know, when I was coaching football mm-hmm. and, and coaching track in high school. And so when I went in to Texas Tech, you know, that was one goal was for me to do my level one. Mm-hmm. And and so, um, you know, I had no, 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 you know, higher education in track and field. At all, other than my experiences, mm-hmm. and so I really leaned on that, Mike, in terms of, of going into the job. Um, and then, you know, you know, to ask you a question about now, you know, uh, for me, you know, I, I try to, uh, you know, surround myself with with, with like minded people. Uh, you know, you never stop learning. You know, in this sport, you know, and so just talking with the, you know, best coaches in 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 the in the world as well as in the country, you know, and you just um, you know, over over a co- you know a cup of coffee, or you know, sitting down and just having a uh, you know you know you know real honest uh, convers conversation about uh, you know you know the X's and O's in terms of track and field, you know. Um, and so, uh, you know, I, I try to put myself in the classroom any time you know mm-hmm. I have an opportunity to, to sit in in, uh, in front of some coaches that uh, that I really respect for sure. I like how you
1: put that. I try to put myself in the classroom and you're not talking about the physical classroom of like going to do certifications necessarily. You're talking about if I'm, I'll use a common friend of ours, mouse, if mouse and I are talking, uh, if I'm smart, I'm in the classroom, I'm listening, I'm asking questions. I'm not talking all that much. So I like how you put that. Like, I'm always trying to put myself in, in the classroom. Mm -hmm. What did you, you know, not everybody thinks that way. Um, where does that come from? Is that, were any uh, family members, teachers, or obviously there's some, a lot of influence from um, Coach Austin back in the day, but wh- where does that, like, hey man, I need I need to put myself in the classroom?
2: Well, you know what, I, I think he just started off from Sunday school, going to Sunday school, yeah. and, uh, you know, um, sitting in church, you know, um, my grandmother was a stickler, and she demanded that we, we uh, you know, we go to Sunday school, and so for me, I grew up in the church, and so um, you know, uh, having having that influence, you know, I I think it just taught me, you know, how to uh, you know how to listen and uh, how to listen, you know, and learn things from others. And so I just always just kept that mindset in terms of when I'm interacting and I'm talking with someone, uh, you can always learn something from someone, you know, and that, that's that's very important to know you know, is that, you know, um, never think that you, you're better than that person uh, sitting on, on the other side of you. And so for me, I try to put myself in the classroom. I try to humble myself and, and make sure that I'm really hearing and understanding, uh, you know, you know our conversation. And uh, so for me, you know, I just felt like, that, I mean, I feel like that that's just something that it's kind of comes natural, to, you know, yeah. to me uh, in terms of just how I was raised, for sure. That's- Kind of got an old soul, Mike.
1: Yeah. Well, I was going to say, there's two good lessons there. One, Sunday school's important. And two, listen to your grandma. <laughs> That's Ooh, a okay. really good lesson. <laughs> oh,
2: yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love that. Well, how long were you at Tech, and how does it go? Well, um, I, I, I was at Tech for a while, but I'll have to take you guys through you know that, that timeline. So I stay there from uh, uh, 2000 to 2002. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, obviously, uh, believe it or not, Coach Dave Smith, who's the head coach at o- Oklahoma State, we were both, uh, uh, you know, we, we were both assistant coaches at Texas Tech under mm-hmm. Coach Kidley. And so um, Dave Smith, who was really good friends with with uh, Greg Metcalf. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Greg Metcalf got the job at Washington, uh, the head, the director the job there in 2002, and he needed a sprint coach. And so I had never lived outside the state of Texas. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so, uh, you know, Dave Smith asked me, "Hey, what do you think? Uh, hey, he's looking for a, a coach. Would you be interested?" And I was like, "Yeah, I'll be. De- I would be definitely be interested." And so, um, you know, Coach Metcalfe gave me a call. We had we we had several conversations, and lo and behold, I I was flying up to uh, Seattle. Um, <laughs> Uh, the uh, fall of uh, what obviously uh, at the university of Washington on the quarter system. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so um, I had plenty of time to make decisions. So I did not, you know, accept the job until late, late summer. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, well, and then I went on into the fall, probably three weeks into the uh, fall training at Texas tech, uh, you know, uh, until I actually, uh, you know, um, relocated, uh, to, to, to UW. And so, uh, so that was my, that was my, my, um, two year stint at Texas Tech in the beginning. Yeah. As so I say, don't, don't fast forward. Cause I know where you're going to go. Cause there's yeah. some, there's some,
1: a couple of things unpacked there. First of all, I'm gonna put this out into the podcast world. You mentioned Dave Smith. Uh, he has verbally committed to be on the Gil podcast. So I love that you I did not know Dave was at Texas Tech. That's awesome. I can't wait to bring that up when we get to do our interview. Uh, But yeah, Dave is on board. So we'll have him here uh, coming up here in the next couple of months, which so I love that. Let's talk about this two things. One is you let's let's go with this angle first so what was it like going this is your first time out of state and you don't just go to like oklahoma or uh uh you know maybe arkansas or something right you go to the pacific northwest beautiful beautiful seattle university of washington's campus is gorgeous that that river right there come on man it's gorgeous what was that like for you uh southern texan boy went to texas tech and now you are you're you're in fish market land you're up there how how was that experience
2: oh man it was a culture shock at first i mean um unfamiliar territories uh but yet so refreshing it was like fresh rain i mean to go to the pacific northwest uh to see the mountains and the Puget sound and ride the ferries and, and you know the the evergreen trees the view uh driving to work was was absolutely gorgeous oh, for sure. yeah, yeah. And so uh, it was. It was a tremendous experience for me.
1: What about the difference in you know in Texas? If I throw a stone. No matter which direction, I'm going to hit a recruitable athlete <laughs> for almost every level there is. There's just so much talent there. In Washington, a great, uh, and specifically the uh, the whole Northwest up there, great track talent, but just not the same depth as you have just even in Texas, not even counting the, the Southwest or South uh, there. How was it um, culturally recruiting-wise and what you were trying to get done? Also, the goals of UW would have been different than say the goals at Texas tech, as far as how you were going to get the job done uh, by the athletes, how did that, how did you uh, adapt and uh, thrive in that atmosphere?
2: Well, I mean, I took my same, um, my the same energy I had recruiting at, at Texas tech. And I went in, uh, went, went in with uh, um, high expectations. And first of all, the, the track community in, in, in the state of Washington is, it's is very, you know, it's, it's very prominent. I mean, Everybody embraced me. Uh, everybody was excited that 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 I accepted the position. And believe it or not, there's some talented athletes in the state of the state of Washington. Oh yeah, no, I believe but not as to your to your point, uh, not as much depth as it you, you would be in a state of Florida or a state of of mm-hmm. uh, Texas. Uh, but um, you know, I I guess I could say that um, you know at that time. Uh, there wasn't a lot of uh, you know track clubs, and uh, there wasn't a lot of uh, um, subsidiary uh, groups that uh, supported uh, the sport of track and field in Washington. You did have some great high school uh, programs, and so for me, um, it was it was a little bit different because I didn't know a lot of the coaches, you mm-hmm. know. So being uh, on the uh, the staff at UW was definitely a plus, mm-hmm. you know, uh, in terms of uh, being able to. Uh, you know, um, you know, meet meet some of the athletes, uh, meet some of the coaches, uh, some of the coaches that that had been coaching for, for a long time. And so um, you know, uh being there at UW, you know, we actually started um, you know, the, the, the meets there at the, at UW, you know. Oh, right,
3: yeah.
2: So I remember uh, you know, uh starting that off, you know, uh, when, you know, he except you know, when he when he accepted the job and I came in as assistant, you know, um, you know, uh, we we started those meets there at UW. Yeah. The
1: indoor facility came in right around that time. That's right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I remember Greg was there. Yeah. Yeah. And those are legendary meets. And, you know, I, I had always heard about them and maybe had seen a video or something, but until you go to those meets, holy cow. I remember walking in that, that, side door you know as soon as you walk in there's lane eight or whatever it is six right there and it's like oh my and then you go into the middle and it's like i mean it's it's actually quite impressive because you have everything going on the middle two pole vault pits two high jump pits two long jump pits a throwing area plus your time your announcer and timers right there but done really well well coordinated like i was i mean it was a zoo in the sense of like there's a thousand people here but i knew exactly where i was allowed to be and where i wasn't allowed to be and safety uh, it was the athletes all had their room to to do their thing. Yeah. Very, very impressive uh, what you guys came up with as far as uh, like how to actually host those meets. Yeah.
2: So it was at those meets that I, you know, uh, I met a lot of people and, and created a lot of relationships uh, uh, to this day that, uh, you know, um, you know, that helped that, you know, in terms of uh, my, my recruiting and, and, uh, you know, um you know, and uh, meeting a lot of people up there, and um, um, actually, you know, you know, letting them know what kind of coach I was and mm-hmm. what I, my expectations are, and, and what the expectations were at, at the University of Washington. Because at the time, you know, um, you know, we had sprinters, but the emphasis was more on um, you know distance, and and uh, so for me, um, it was a very important. Uh, that, you know, I let everybody know, you know, up in the Northwest that we were going to sprint at the, at the UW for sure. So. So take a step back. We like to bring massive amounts of value
1: to those who choose to listen to us. We're always humbled uh, at the literally thousands of people that listen. It's quite, quite amazing. You obviously, I don't know, I'm, I'm going to state it and say, obviously, you correct me where appropriate, Dion. You had to have a fairly difficult conversation with Wes for two things. One, you're leaving. You're leaving your alma mater. There's a little bit of like just, man, why are you leaving me? You know, this is your place. Why why are you leaving? And to go to Seattle of all places. Uh, And you did it uh, because of the timing. I'm not nothing malicious here, but it was later in the year, meaning school had already started for tech. So a little bit of a scramble on Wes's part on to replace you. How do you, how did you prepare yourself for what I'm assuming is a difficult conversation with your head coach and to your point, a head coach that a lot of reverence, for him, like man, this dude has won it all multiple times. Uh, was on the cusp of now winning a lot as well at Tech. You know, we we know what the future uh, happened with him for that program and continues to happen. How did you? You know, we got a lot of coaches out there that have to have difficult or scary conversations with head coaches. How did you prepare for that?
2: And from what you can share, how did it go? I mean, well, you know, first of all, you know, I had tremendous support from from uh, from Coach Kitley. Uh, from the beginning and so um you know you really can't prepare uh for uh you know a conversation that you know is going to be uncomfortable you know but when when i talk with them i was like you know hey this is more of a situation where uh pretty believe it or not it was just more of a an advancement in pay in, in terms of uh you know compensation uh compensation in terms of just you know overall uh salary
3: but mm-hmm.
2: so for me at that time you know um Track programs, you know, we we didn't have the budgets that, you know, they have now. Mm-hmm. And track coaches wasn't making, you know, half the money that uh, mm-hmm. coaches are making now in terms of salary. And so uh, there was really, you uh, know, it was kind of out of Coach Kitley's hand, you know, mm-hmm. in terms of, you know, uh, the overall decision because, you know, obviously couldn't match, you know, mm. uh, you know, the salary. But um, I mean at that time it was very humble beginnings at Texas Tech. And so mm-hmm. we've come a long way as far well, as my alma mater. But um, nothing but great, you know, you know, support from, from Coach Kitley and you know uh and, and the whole staff. And so uh, you know, it was it was an easy conversation. Oh, good. Yeah. And I like,
1: I appreciate you bringing up about the, you know, increase in compensation. You know, we had uh, one of our, in fact, our number one listened to most episode. And if, if you're listening, and again, you have not heard listened to this episode, you need to jump on it immediately. And if you've listened to it before, I would recommend you listen to it again. And that was the great Boo Schexnader. And one of the things that he brought up as we were talking about the profession of coaching track and field was that we don't pay even today. You're right. It has gotten a lot better in 2023 than it was in 2013 and 2003, et cetera. Uh, But we still don't pay our coaches in a general sense, like everybody uh, enough for what you do, what they do, how you do it, et cetera, uh, and the expectations that we put on you. So, uh, you know, his biggest advice was, hey, especially early in your career, if you have a, a chance to go somewhere else and make more money, you need to do it for your own future so that you can retire one day so you can have a family, your charity work, your passions, etc. So I appreciate you you bringing that up, being uh, being open and authentic with that. So because um, we're going to put a pin in that in your conversation with Wes because it comes up again, probably here shortly. <laughs> <laughs> so uh okay so you're in Washington you brought up another point that I thought was kind of interesting and I, I hear about this more with football coaches but I've heard about this plenty of time with track coaches they talk about uh, hiring an outsider, and what I mean by that is, you weren't from the Pacific Northwest, you weren't a UW or even a Washington State alum. You knew no, you, to your own uh, point, you knew none of the high school coaches out there. You, no one knew who Deion Miller was down there, where the, as they certainly knew about you in the Dallas and uh, Lubbock and Texas area. Um, how, how much of a crux was that really, and what did you do to overcome that? The you know the outsider coming in and recruiting that area for UW.
2: Well, I mean, I think, uh, you know, you know, I was an unfamiliar face and and, uh, I took advantage of of that in terms of of the position I put myself into. And and I really, uh, you know, can you know, I think, you know, you know, Greg Metcalf was brilliant at the time because, you know, obviously, uh, you know, Greg wanted to have sprinters. You know, he didn't want to be labeled as just a, um, a distance program. Uh he wanted the, the program to flourish, you know, in the in in, you know, in the, the events that uh, you know, with, with with talent in key areas. And so um, you know, um for me, um, you know, I did I can I can say that I didn't, you know, one thing I can say that worked in my favor is I didn't have those biases and stigmatism in terms of uh this is what they do at UW. This mm-hmm. is what, and so uh you know uh, all I knew was hey you know I was all American at track and field I, I know that you know you got to recruit to get the athletes and so I just went in and it tried to be the best recruiter in the in the pac 10 at the time so, uh, so that was that, that was my that was my motivation so you don't think it um
1: held you back. That you didn't know Bothell High School and all these other schools and things like that, right? You were just you still were Deion Miller and Colin with Huskies after your name, right?
2: Oh yeah, I felt like the brand was strong, mm-hmm. and, and I feel like uh, you know with my ability to c- communicate and talk with coaches, uh, I felt like it would you know it would be a great great plan to you know yeah you know, of attack, and so it definitely worked. Uh, you know we were able to recruit some some outstanding young people. Um, and, um, you know, you know, obviously I didn't really know that much about UW, but I can tell you, you know, uh, at the time, uh, Barbara Hedges was the AD and, uh, Rick Newhouser was the head football coach. Right. And, uh, you know, Barbara, she was definitely someone, she's definitely someone I can tell you that, you know, you know, um, ha- had those conversations with me that, that really meant a lot to me, you know, in terms of just, you know, believing in yourself and, and uh, you know, um, you know, trusting your instinct. And, and so, um, you know, Barbara, she was the one that would motivate me all the time, like about, you know, hey, you know, we could get athletes here at, at UW. And I remember my, one of my first recruiting um, official visits, <laughs> uh, I took that, I had taken the recruits to Applebee's, you know, I'm like, okay, I mean, uh, you know, I'm from Texas. At the time, a- Applebee's was, was definitely a place to go. And mm-hmm. and um, she was uh, – she brought me in, and she was like, oh, you know, what, well, Coach, what are you doing? I'm like, what do you mean? She said, well, you know. That, that, it never is good when that's the first question. Yeah. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah. This is the University of Washington. And, you know, uh, all respect to, to Applebee's and, and you know, that franchise. But, <laughs> We we want we want our we we want our recruits to uh, experience you know the Pacific Northwest so the Daniels Brawlers the Space Needles, the Metropolitan Grill so I got my first lesson into uh, you know uh, you know how we do things that you and so uh, hats off to Barbara Hedges because you know she definitely gave my chain and straightened me up real quick about uh, recruiting. But that was. Stay on Barbara
1: for a second. Was she the, she was the AD of, of Washington? Exactly. What, what in the world? And I mean this in all great sense, because I love hearing that. What is the AD talking to an assistant track coach like that? That's impressive to me. I mean, most of the time oh, yeah. we think that, oh, any AD is specifically a power five, but any AD doesn't care about the assistant track coach. They don't even know their names here. The AD is like mentoring you, counseling
2: with you, like, helping you like knows your name that that's quite impressive oh yeah oh yeah barbara she was definitely like a, a mother to me um she knew that that i was a young coach um uh, you know you know up at, uh, up in the pacific northwest straight out of the south and she made sure that she looked after me um uh, and, and so did greg and, and so did marie Toett, who was a sports oversight at the time But, uh, you know, I mean, it was unheard of for me, you know, in in terms of just a, um, you know, an AD talking to, you know, a a young, young, young assistant coach. But, um, no, uh, she took a liking to me and she made sure that I took care of business and, um, you know, you know, what I got out of it, Mike, is is she wasn't going to let me fail. And, And sometimes God has a way of putting people in your life that you never really know why, but, you know, mm. you, you know, just don't question it, you know. And so uh, Barbara really, 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 uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, mentored me and gave me sound advice and uh, she, you know, did not hold her tongue. I mean, if she didn't like something, she definitely, you know, uh, let me know. And, uh, you know, I think that that was my introduction to, uh, you know, what UW was about, you know, and uh, great institution. Well, that says a lot
1: about her because you mentioned Rick Neuheisel as the head coach and obviously a football, basketball, and uh, maybe baseball programs are very important to a brand and to a school. So for her to uh, really pay attention and reach out again to the assistant track, it would have been different to me if you were the head track coach. Like, okay, that's one of her, you know, 20 something coaches, you know, head coaches. Here she is. And that makes me feel like if she's reaching out to you, I just have a feeling that, you know, she was also talking to the assistant tennis coach and the uh, maybe the GA baseball I mean, like, felt like she had like a, a big umbrella to care about her staff.
2: Oh, yeah, for
1: sure. She definitely
2: did. That's awesome. So keep walking us through University of Washington.
1: How long and how did it go?
2: So it uh, went very well. I was able to, uh, you, know, you know, recruit some athletes that, um, you know, primarily you wouldn't see. I mean, I, I can say that Owen Richburg did a really, really mm. good job as head coach at the at, at University of Washington. So, with went hooker and, and, and uh, you know, definitely had some, some great sprinters there right. at Washington. So, you know, um, fast forward, you know, there had been a little bit of sabbatical in terms of, you know, um, you know, sprinters that were being recruited there at the university of Washington. And so, um, uh, had a great stint, you know, in terms of recruiting, I mean, we were able to bring some kids in from across the country. Um, and, you know, and, um, you know, um, I I I would consider it, you know, successful um, you know, you know, you know, stint there at, at the University of Washington. You know, um, people like Ashley Lodre, Jordan Bowles, Shane Charles, uh, Ryan Brown. You mm-hmm. know, these are athletes that were there at the time that we, we, we recruited, uh, that were able to, to do some great things on on, on a, at a national level. Um, and then you know, obviously, you know, being in the Pac-10, you know, we, you know, we were able to, um, you know, see see a lot of the other Pac-10 schools at, at meets, obviously at the conference meeting. So Coach Daryl Anderson mm-hmm. uh, was the assistant, um, you know, coach at, at here at Arizona State at the time. He had just got promoted to associate head coach. And so uh, his role was to uh, find someone to come help him uh, coach the sprints. At Arizona State, and so uh, Coach Kraft and Coach uh, Daryl had given me a call, um, and you know asked me was I interested. Uh, of course, I shared an office with, with Kelly, uh, Kelly McDonald. Uh, mm-hmm. Now, now Kelly Bean, she's with Boost Treadmill, and so uh, Kelly had uh, you know told me all about Coach Kraft and Coach Daryl, and uh, you know thought it'd be a you know great situation for me. And so, uh, you know, uh, I decided to, uh, you know, if I felt like I said, okay, if I want to stay in this sprint game, uh, I, I I need to go somewhere and learn, uh, 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 One you know, you know at, at the time, Coach Anderson was considered one of the best sprint coaches, in, you know, in the world, you know, um, and so, um, you know, it was a no-brainer for me to uh, accept a position to go to the university, I mean, to come here to Arizona State as an assistant, and, uh, and that was the, uh, you know, fall of 04. So
1: a lot of exciting times, because you mentioned D.A., who to this day is one of the top coaches in this country, in this world for sprints. I mean, this guy, he, he is amazing. Love D.A. So two things there. One is I want to know more about working with him. Like, how did that shape your coaching? Again, we don't talk X's and O's, but how did that shape your, thought process when you were looking at athletes and maybe expanded into recruiting and just how you carried your own self and what you did in the office for those kind of things. But also, you know, you mentioned that you you said the word try and I'm not a big fan of the word try. Two words I, I'm trying to like eradicate from our vocabulary, just and try because with try, you know, I'm a big Yoda fan, right? You do or do not. You don't try, you know, try allows you to to uh to failure to be a part of the option. And you mentioned earlier that you try to stay humble. You don't try to stay humble, my friend. You do stay humble. Um, okay. and so here here's another example of that. You are the Sprintson, I assume Hurdle's coach at University of Washington. You 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 direct who we're recruiting, how we're gonna uh perf- uh practice and perform, and what they're gonna run in the meets. And you go to Arizona State. be DA's assistant. Now that's humbling. You're you're taking a step back in the sense of your role of who you are as a sprint coach. So talk to us about two things. One, start with how did did you do that? I mean, some people, uh, you know, ego, ego is not bad. Bad ego is bad. Some people could have allowed their bad ego to say, yeah, I know it's Arizona State and all, but uh, I direct my own sprint program. How did you, how are you able to take that step back and maybe see the future of like, hey, if I take that step back and be DA's assistant, this is going to work out really well for me <laughs> long term. Yeah.
2: Well, you know, for me, uh, you know, uh, when you look at the uh, the ideal situation, you know, I, you know, I tried uh, to look at it more in a, as an opportunity in terms of of, of growth. Um, you know, I didn't let the position itself uh mm-hmm. were my vision you know of of you know uh in terms of my you know my futuristic goals mm-hmm. um and so for me you know I wanted to put myself in a situation to where uh you know iron sharpens iron I wanted to put myself in a situation where um uh, I had someone that I could you know uh learn from and, and uh, what better person than, than Coach Anderson and, and so you know that 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 was an easy you know that sense of brotherhood. You know, um, I felt like it was going to be a, a great combo, and uh, you know, from the start, you know, uh, it was. And uh, what led me to that decision was just my desire to be the you know the best best coach that I could be at that at that time. And I felt like it was the right time uh, to make that move. And uh once again, it was it was it was definitely a, a move that I felt I did i regret, you know, but um easy, easy transition. Um and um, you know, Coach Anderson and I uh we talked about it and uh you know he what he did was he assigned me the women, to coach the women, and under his under his leadership. And so uh he was gonna, you know, watch over me. And, and make sure that, you know, I I was successful. And he did he did that. And uh, you know, but we were only, you know, believe it or not, we were only uh, together for, you know, uh, four months because obviously he took the position at, at C U uh just going into the spring of uh, <laughs> my first year there at a, at at uh at uh Arizona State.
1: Now that's four really in-depth four months though. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and you know, people forget sometimes DA has coached countless number of six five six six sixty 60 meter guy. I mean, this guy, yeah. he understands acceleration and <laughs> sprint mechanics better than anybody. What was it like soaking up those four months and how much did you, uh, change and grow as a coach during that? I mean, that's a short amount of time in the whole grand scheme of things, but man, that feels like a, uh, you know we talk about the unofficial coaching education this feels like the best class you could have ever taken
2: oh man i mean you know i you know first of all i, I was like i wish this guy would have coached me in in, <laughs> in in college because had i known some of the things that i learned mm. under his leadership you know i felt like i, I would have, have gone further in my career track my career <laughs> right uh, yeah. but uh yeah so you know, I you know, I come in and, and you know, obviously we had some success at, at, at UW. And so um learning from him, you know, um, you know, I was able to just establish my own style of coaching, uh, with some of the things he's taught me that I still do I still do today in terms of the themes and concepts uh that, you know, um obviously uh, DA uh, shared with me. But um yeah, I mean, you know, uh I my advice to any young, young, young coach that's going into the profession: if you go in uh, with the attitude, you're just going to be a sponge. You're going to soak up all the knowledge and all the, all the nuggets that uh, you you know a person like you know Darren can can leave leave with you. Be you know um, give you some some wisdom, some pearls of wisdom. I mean, uh, I, my advice is to go in with that approach. You know, nowadays. You know, um, you know, we have this sense of, uh, you know, my, 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 or I want my position mm-hmm. and, and a lot of times, you know, uh, young assistants, they get, they get the title, but they have no idea what they're getting themselves into. Mm-hmm. And so uh, my advice is, you know, uh, you have, you have an opportunity to have a coach that you can, uh, you know, submit yourself under, uh, please do that, because it, it definitely pays off. It definitely pays off in the end.
1: Yeah, it remains to be seen how this will actually play out. But this new, um, I don't know if it's a rule or allowance or whatever, of more coaches on the mm-hmm. NCAA level, I, I think is going to be another big boon for coaching. So I and not know, Initially, at least, not a lot of people are going to add on what is it, six more coaches or something like that. But, but I, I, to your part about this role of where you were with DA as an assistant sprints and hurdles coach with him, I see that more like I'm like, oh, okay, well, you know, maybe someone can be the, uh, you know, assistant to Ken Harden at Tennessee and, uh, your assistant there. And it's like, oh man, they're going to learn so much more with that type of call it on the job training. And then they're going to go on, whether it's, Division one, division two, division three, high school, it doesn't matter. They're going to go on somewhere for their career for pay and uh, location, et cetera, and be a hundred times better of a coach than they would have if they would have tried to learn it on their own or only learn from books and things like that, which means that their assistants are going to become better. Co- I mean, it's just like this tidal wave effect, this domino, the little domino oh. that, that hits up to the big domino. So I I love that you were able to take care of that or to take advantage of that at that point where hopefully with this new rule or whatnot, this will allow more people, uh, first of all, to get paid coaching. We need more of that. Uh, but then also to the education of just learning under some of these amazing, amazing coaches. Coaches that we have
2: out there oh yeah for sure for sure
1: so four months of i mean again the best education you could have gotten <laughs> on
2: yeah, i remember uh at that time you know we had uh you know um i mean three 44 second quarter miles on the team oh
1: yeah no 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 100 percent.
2: i mean it was it was uh the mecca of, of you know a 400 there at Arizona State at the time is so um, tremendous opportunity, uh, you know, tremendous uh, experience. Uh, uh, it couldn't couldn't have came at a better time for me, mm-hmm. you know. You know, I was I was in that position where I wanted to learn, I wanted to grow, and being in the Northwest, seeing Jeremy Warner and seeing Daryl Williamson doing their, doing their thing, you know, uh, I wanted to be a part of that, and I wanted to, you know. Uh, you know, really, really uh, get it, get get with a program that we can really build some something and compete at the highest, highest level mm-hmm. in terms of sprints, uh, relays, and hurdles, and, and help contribute towards winning the national championship. And so, um, I mean, it was great, great, great four months, great four months.
1: How do you, you know, my own insecurities say that the worst job that anybody could ever take would be following John McDonald and Bucky's done an amazing job following <laughs> Judd Logan at Ashland and AG is doing a great job. Um, I just already, I feel so much empathy to the future person who, when mouse retires, like that just seems like the worst, again, it's my own insecurities. Like that is the worst person to follow. You, you cannot trump them. I'm sorry. They have just done so much. How did you step into D? I mean, like you said, Arizona State was rolling at this point. I mean, literally at some of the top of the NCAAs ever seen at this point, Diego's the TCU, you step into that role. How does that, how did that, how so, did the athletes step into that? How did you feel stepping into that?
2: So what happened was, um, you know, of course, Kraft, you know, you know, he, he liked the idea of having split programs. And so um, my role primarily was to coach the women, remember. And so uh, he wanted to keep me with that because I already established a relationship with the women.
3: Mm
2: -hmm. So we brought in uh, Terry Terry Winston Terrence Mm -hmm. Winston, Mm -hmm. who was a a hurdler at South Carolina, also a hurdler at at, at Barton, and he had ran for. He was on the team. Uh, at South Carolina, when Coach Kraft was the head coach of South Carolina. Right. And so, uh, you know, Terry was someone he trusted. And so Terry came in, and, uh, you know, obviously Terry and I, we hit it off from day one. And uh, both, we, you know, we're both two new coaches coming into the Pac 10. And so uh, Terry's role was to coach the men, and I was to coach the women. And we developed a system there like no other. And, uh, you know, it really worked out really well.
1: So how long were you there for this uh, stint? Because you know, like I said, we already know that you're the head coach now. So you obviously come back. Uh, well, I, actually, we don't know that you left. I guess I'm spoiler, but spoiler alert there. How long yeah. were you there, and what happened next?
2: <laughs> well, stayed stayed from um, 04 uh, to 07. Mm-hmm. So um, you know, season of 05, 06, and 07. And you know, we we definitely um, you know that first year, uh, you know, through Coach Kraft's vision you know, we, we definitely put it to hand, you know, um, obviously, um, in 05, you know, we were able to do some really good things. Um, and then in 06, we were able to, um, I think we were third, um, indoors, fourth outdoors. Um, and then, um, you know, obviously we were, we were, um, third in cross country as well. Mm. And then, um, and then, you know, 07, I, you know, as everybody knows, we won the indoor and outdoor championships. So we swept, Indoor and outdoor uh, team titles. And um, what's that like? I mean, you're talking about a, uh, I don't want to pigeonhole you and say once in a
1: lifetime opportunity, but oh my, no one does this. I mean, it, it, winning is so hard. You know it because you've done it. How do you do that? I mean, what kind of like lightning strike? There has to be some luck involved. You have to have someone drop a baton or something like that. But you also have to fire on all cylinders across yes, all boards talk to that's a really unique thing talk to us about that uh experience
2: you know what i learned um early on was that you know you definitely got to have a plan you know and you gotta you know obviously you gotta have a contingency plan mm-hmm. and, and for me um, uh, you know you being around uh, you know a mastermind coach like coach craft you know mm-hmm. we pays attention to detail on everything uh, you know, we we just prepared ourselves uh for what to what was to come. And you know, that started off with the recruiting, that started off with the um, you know, um, you know, um uh, the everyday preparation, which Coach Kraft had his had, had his hand in everything. I mean, he demanded uh perfection every day, you know, and everything that we did, you know, we did. And so um, I think from that style of, you know. As a director, being able to put his hands on everything and just check the box and make sure everybody was taking care of business, hmm. I think it started off with that, and then um, you know recruiting talent in key areas. You know uh, how do you win? Uh, you gotta first identify uh, your strengths um, and then identify your weaknesses and make sure that you load yourself up. You know you being you know your your, your staff. Uh, you know, you know, with the right, you know, the right personnel, you know, um, you know, obviously for us, you know, you, you when you look at our staff, you know, what, you know, we're going to stick to that same plan here, here at Arizona State. Mm-hmm. We're going to load ourselves up with talent in, in the areas where you know we have the most experience, you know, and mm-hmm. so um, Coach Kraft was able to do that, and uh, and so for for me that was something i learned you know early on and, and you know in terms of how do you build a national championship team you know and then of course you got to get you got to be able to recruit the talent mm-hmm. you got to be you got to have talent and so that was something i learned as well
1: hmm. what was it like when you know you said you had a plan first of all was the plan actually to win all of it <laughs> that year and two when it actually all came to fruition what does that feel like when, when the actual, when you know the trophies are in your hands, no one can beat you. What, What is that? I, I can't imagine.
2: Well, we had an idea, uh, you know, finishing in the top four the year before. And so the plan was to go in and, and, and win. And, and, you know, um, I think uh, wh- what it feels, you know, first of all, you're, um, when you go into to a, a season where you expect to win, um, I think it's a little bit different than um, not really knowing. And so going in, uh, you know, what um, <laughs> it felt like it was kind of like a breath of fresh air because you know, <laughs> obviously for us, you know, if we didn't win, mm. definitely going to be, um, you know, um, you know, uh, a letdown. Yeah. Uh, so, for, so for me, you know, uh, boy, it definitely took the pressure off for me because everybody – contributed. I'm talking about Louie Cantana to Dave Dumble, mm-hmm. Coach Brad, myself, you know, we all had a, a hand into um us winning uh winning, winning the winning the the indoor and outdoor titles. So uh, it definitely was um you know um a low lifted off, you know, but uh <laughs> to say uh, you know great experience um uh, you know um for all the work that uh, uh that we put into it as coaches uh you know winning a national championship uh it's definitely humbling uh to see it all come together and um you know uh it's 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 a feeling like no other uh it's like fresh rain man it's just you know just so refreshing and, and uh for the athletes you know I think it is definitely a game changer in terms of life you know, to be able to, to start the season out and finish up with the championship. You're talking about the best of the best. Um, you know, uh, I can tell you that, you know, you know, that experience alone, uh, helped me throughout my career. Mm-hmm. And I know what I helped those individuals that was on that team, yeah. and, uh, you know, and, uh, we won in the women. And so, uh, believe it or not, the men in, in 08, uh, won, uh, Uh, indoors. And I think, uh, you know, like I said, you know, uh, winning, you know, winning is contagious, you know, Mm -hmm. and so uh, the men won it it, outdoors in 08, which, uh, which goes to my timeline, like you said. uh, So I, you know, we won the national championship there and in Sacramento and, um, you know, uh, obviously uh, coach Kidley and I, you know, we're very tight. We still, you know, we were having conversations and we talked all the time and so uh, you know uh, had an opportunity to uh, to go back uh to Texas Tech and uh, and so um it came a little bit late in the summer uh, but um um you know, I, you know obviously for me um you know uh, it was an opportunity for me to go back and this was one of those situations where it made no sense for me to leave you know mm-hmm. but uh you yeah, when you looked at at that time, the the state of Arizona was in a recession, and I was a young coach that you know had a family to feed, and at that time, you know, living on the West Coast, you know, you know it it was beginning to be, be you know become expensive, and so, um, you know, without having uh, any opportunity to advance and pay. I remember like, you know, we bonused out mm-hmm. and, you know, we, we checked every box in terms of conference regionals and nationals in terms of winning. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, there wasn't any, any opportunity for advancement in pay or increase in pay uh, because of the state recession it had nothing to do with Arizona state, you know, mm-hmm. uh, federal mm-hmm. athletics. And so, um, you know, it was a little bit different in the state of Texas. I mean, coach Kidley, at the time, you know uh when I left um, I left because of financial reasons as well i mean the the salary quadrupled in terms of what I was making as a young assistant starting out to what he offered me uh to come back as an assistant and so uh, it was it was really a no brainer for me in terms of you know we were we you we were uh getting ready to have have our third child um uh, you know Deanna. And so um, I definitely needed the income. So.
1: So I said put a pin in it when I talked about that conversation with Wes, a difficult conversation to have of, hey, I'm leaving. Uh, I know it's my alma mater. Yeah, you know, no coach, there's nothing you can do to to keep me here. And it kind of goes back to the story of you and I met of. Yeah, Mike has nothing for me, uh, but who knows? <laughs> Mike, yeah, yeah. Mike, 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 might be based on Mike, might put me on podcast one day and blast me, so I better be nice yeah. to him. <laughs> yeah, sure. And so, here is one you easily could have said, Yeah, West, peace, see you later. You know, been a little. Uh, standoffish and be like, look, man, you can't, it's your reason I'm not getting paid. So I've got to go to Seattle, blah, blah, blah. And instead you handled it professionally at, at a young age too, by the way, yeah. uh, you know, something you, you talked about your, your upbringing. I think that brought into of how you would handle talking yeah. to Wes and it comes literally full circle. And now here you are back as an mm-hmm. assistant coach at your alma mater. That's why I said, put a pin on it. Cause it was like, oh, this comes back. Like you had to leave the situation good enough that they would want you to come back and they it. did and it happened.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so summer of oh seven made that, you know, twenty-three hour drive. <laughs> oh. you know, uh, I think it was more than twenty-three hours, but oh man. Made that, made that drive from, from Arizona to Lubbock and uh, you know, it was definitely exciting um uh to uh you know, you know, go um you know go back to my alma mater. And so at that time, how uh, many years in between was that? That was from O two 2 to O seven, 7 So five years.
1: So in five years, how much changed? I mean, you talked about a lot had to have changed because you talked about the salary quadruples. Now they're paying uh, more appropriate salaries for assistants and uh, track and field coaches there. How much did the university change? It's five years. It seems like no time at all. However, in five years, a lot seems to have changed.
2: Well, you know, things change. I mean, um, I think, um, you got to remember there in, in 05, I believe, 06. I mean, um, that was one of Texas Tech's best years in terms of, of, um, teams. Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, you know, um, uh, going into it, the, uh, summer of 07, the program had went down a little bit. Um, and, um, you know, they were, they were in kind of a, a, a reloading phase or rebuilding phase. And, and so, uh, you know, although the 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 the, the campus itself has had, had you know had grown mm-hmm. you know astronomically. Um the program uh you know more more budget. Um, you know, obviously um the demand was higher because the Big Twelve had definitely made a name for itself in terms of uh co- you know, competition, you know, with, with Texas A and M and you know mm-hmm. all those schools, you know in the, in the, uh, in the conference. Uh, It definitely was a competitive conference at the time. Um, And so it was, it was, it was, I knew I was getting myself, I knew what I was getting myself into going back. And uh, the goal was uh, to definitely get, get the program back up and running. And, and uh, you know, coach Rocklight was on the staff. I was coach Dave Murray, Diane Woolley, uh, myself, (laughs) coach Kitley. Uh, Cliff Falcons, Holy uh, cow. you know, and so, uh, yeah, it was a great, a great, uh, great style. Yeah. Um, and um, and so uh, so for me, you know, uh, we just hit the ground running, Mike, hit the ground running and uh, you know, the rest is history. Anything
1: different here in round two i mean you're a different person who you were five years ago was different than who you were at this second time anything that you did that you can think about that you did differently like oh man i can't believe i did this in the first time around now i'm doing it this way whether it's recruiting uh handling your in-office work um how you handle um your assistant coach you know the 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 staff in total anything differently five years from from, uh, removed
2: i think i was more um um, focused, a little bit more um, uh, goal-oriented. Um, um, you know, I had a basis of understanding as to, uh, you know, how to b- build a good sprint program. Um, and so um, going into it, I was, you know, being the sprinter that I am, you know, aggressive in nature, I was a little demanding in terms of, you know, I, I had some negotiables and I had some non-negotiables that that, that I definitely uh, expressed you know, you know, before I took the position, mm-hmm. and and so I went in with with an understanding, uh, you know, by learning uh from Coach Anderson, learning from Coach Kraft of the basis of how you you build a team to win, and, and, and um, so I didn't so much go in with the with the uh with the idea I'm just I'm just going to try to uh get people to run fast in all events. I went in it with the same strategy of how do you build a championship team versus a championship Mm -hmm. sprint sprint event group? And so uh, went in it with, you know, the idea of, okay, hey, we've got to recruit, you know, athletes, um, you know, that could be successful in the events that we're going to be successful, uh, you know, in in here, in the sprints here at at Texas Tech. And so uh, when I looked at, the Big Twelve, I said. You know, here's a pocket where I feel like we could be successful. And that's coaching the hurdles. Mm-hmm. And so, um and so for me, um, um I looked at it as like, okay, you know, we're going to coach. The, you know, we're going to have short hurdlers. We're going to have long hurdlers here. We're going to have a four by four. And um I felt like uh, that. You know, the um, of course, the four hundred was very, you know, very very rich and. And compared highly competitive, but I felt like uh, the hurdles and and having a four by four and um, um, uh, coaching and long sprints was going to be the plan of attack, and mm-hmm. so that was my mindset. And I developed that from you know uh, you know winning the national championship and conference titles at at at, uh, at Arizona State is that you got to go in it with a plan. You gotta understand that just because, you know, you may think you are a great coach at coaching, you know, um, certain events, you know, um, you know, um, you know, you, you wanna have a, a plan to where you're gonna score as many points as you can. And how do you do that when you're in a high you in a highly competitive conference like the, in the SEC or in the Big 12 or the Pac 12? You know, it's it's very hard to do. It's easier said than done. Oh, yeah. So for me, um, I just look at that pocket, You know, look at those holes. Of course, you know, Coach Sylvie, Steve Sylvie was was the uh, the the guy that I replaced, and uh, you know, he had did a great job recruiting. And, and uh, you know, obviously for him, you know, he saw where where the hurdles is as being a a place as well. So I I took advantage of that. And, um, you know, um, you know, um, you know, inherited some of the guys that he, mm-hmm. had, uh, you know, had there and, uh, you know, um, took that, you know, put that plan of attack in terms of uh, coming back. So you're
1: looking at the your group of sprints and hurdlers there at Tech round two and how it uh, affects the team. So whether it's for big 12 titles or trying to win a trophy at the NCAAs, that is a little bit of a different mindset than maybe most of us have. Most of us are, hey, how can I make, you know how I help the team? I make the sprints and hurdles the best that it can be with the amount of scholarship, et cetera, that I have. So you're kind of thinking more globally than just centrally, locally. You mentioned earlier that you're very goal-oriented. What, what, what did you have any kind of at this point, did you have any kind of goal of becoming a head coach or were you perfectly, you know, not everybody, not everyone wants to be a head coach and not everyone should be a head coach. Um, what, what were your what was your mindset, any goals towards that type of um, uh, advancement in your career?
2: Well, I always knew that I wanted to be a, uh, a head coach one day. And, and you know, obviously, you know, just from observation and being under, you know, some great head coaches, great head coaches, Greg uh, mm-hmm. uh Greg Kraft. I mean, I felt like I was well prepared uh, going going into the situation, and thinking of it like you said, more of a, you know, from a ma- from a, a macro level, mm-hmm. you know, a micro level, and um, you know, you gotta you gotta definitely put your ego aside if you if you're gonna think that way, because mm-hmm. so, you could you could be blurred. You, you, your 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 goals can be blurred or you know distracted by just your individual of uh, goals, and you know. But you got to remember, we still are you know we're, we're a team. You know, uh, we're you know uh, you know a track team is still a team, and, and the whole goal is to win you know a team title.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, now they're going to be individual accolades that we're going to accomplish as we go along the way you know but you know having that like you said that feeling of winning it's a feeling like, like no other to you know to a form of uh a form of sisterhood and brotherhood that that you definitely you just can't you know you you just can't replace that And so um for me you know uh um, it was easy to have that mindset because you know um i had had the experience of winning conference and winning national championships and so for me that you know uh you you know, you know, there was no ego, you know, there was no ego or, you know, uh, that I had going into it, uh, Mike. So uh, definitely exciting. And, uh, you know, but, uh, you know, I felt like that was going to be, if I wanted to keep winning, you know, mm-hmm. if I wanted to, you know, you know, you, you, what could I do for my alma mater? Because uh, I remember at the time Texas Tech had never won a national championship. Mm-hmm. And so, um, um, you know, going into it, uh, it was definitely eye-opening because you know, the, the mindset you know uh, that that the you know my athletes had developed at, at Arizona State you know was totally different. You know, when I when I returned, you know, and, and so uh, it was it was difficult because once again I was inheriting uh, you know another event coach's uh, mm-hmm. athlete, and so that was tough because you know um, you know just learning personalities and, and, you know, and getting everybody to to do, you know, learn a new way of doing things. It's tough when you're in a, in a position of leadership for sure.
1: You, you mentioned goal setting. I want to stay on that for a little bit. I, I was just at some training actually last week <clears throat> with this, um, uh, not a sports psychology, but a psychology, organizational psychology. And he was talking about what we're learning more and more about goal setting is that when we have a big goal, We don't typically fail to reach that goal because of the roadblocks and hurdles that are placed in front of us. That's typically how we feel like we miss goals because, oh, I didn't expect this to come up and that set me back, et cetera. It's actually because a clear path to a lesser goal opens up as we're shooting for this big moon in the sky. Well, the path to... Just go to another country becomes a lot easier. So oh. you've got you, you're you already have at this point. Um, you said you early in your career, I want to be a head coach, and you're learning from great people. You mentioned, <laughs> you know, Greg Kraft. I love him to death. Greg Metcalf. A lot of Gregs, by the way. <laughs> um, uh, Greg Whit- Whitley <laughs> Wes Kitley. <laughs> uh, yeah. You're learning from these amazing coaches as you're striving for that goal. It's much easier to the the path to becoming one of the country's best sprints and hurdles coaches. Much easier now. Like oh, well, I. I'll just focus on that instead of focus on the big goal. So what are you doing to focus on that big goal to become a head coach? And so I think of things like, you know, you you now know as a head coach, it's not just what you do on the track. I mean, that actually becomes a much smaller point. Uh, there's leadership of the entire program. There's fundraising. There's a, a, alums. There's scheduling. There's budgeting. What were you doing at this time to become better at that side of becoming a head coach?
2: Well, you gotta remember, like when I started off, I mean, I was the, I was the, you know, I kind of did a lot of the grunt work. I did the travel, I did the uh, the stuff that a lot of people didn't want to do, you know, mm-hmm, in terms mm-hmm. of itinerary and things like that. And so, uh, you know, for me, when you worked for Coach Kidley at the time, you know, um, you know, he definitely gave everybody, everybody, uh, you know, responsibilities. And so, for me, uh, one of the things that uh, he charged me with. Was just making sure that I, you know, I recruited, you know, all areas, and so, you know, I decided to, to, you know, not be selfish, and you know, I recruited, you know, every event that I could possibly event. Of course, you know, you know, all the coaches recruited, you know, their events as well. But you know, anytime I had an opportunity to go see another athlete or help another coach, you know, get another athlete in. I did that, uh, you know, obviously for me as well. You know, uh, I tried to make sure that I, uh, you know, um, you know, uh, you know, I helped Coach Kitley, you know, in any way, form, fashion, you know. And so in terms of, you know, whether it was, you know, helping with the Under Armour account, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, helping with uh, facilitating, um, you know, compliance, uh, you know, liaison to um, just overall budgeting. You know, I tried my best to, you know, to help him as, you know, at the time I considered myself, um, you know, um, you know, a, a tenured coach under his program. Hmm. And so I knew I knew what he liked. I knew what he wanted. And, and so I tried to make sure that, I you know, I did that and make myself available for anything, you know, for, for track camps to, you know, whole nine yards, you know, to help Coach Kelly run his program how early is
1: as you you've given some great advice to young coaches and young people that want to become a coach what advice would you give as far as how early to start dipping your toes into those other aspects? We, we, no one gets into coaching track so that they can schedule or they could budget or they can compliance. They get into it so they can have their, their toes in the sand pit and coach long jumpers or hold the stopwatch and, and bark out the splits for quarter milers or 110 hurdlers, whatever. Right. But again, reality is there is a, you're running a business. So there's a lot to it. You mentioned shoe accounts, et cetera, compliance. How early do you recommend a coach to start asking? Because uh, some some head coaches keep it all right; they're they're not delegating like like Wes and some others would. Uh, how early do you recommend that young coach to start? Hey, can I help out with scheduling or budgeting or
2: compliant Wh- wherever wherever you need help, coach? How early in their
1: career? I recommend
3: it as
2: early as possible because you know uh, that's where you really learn about you know you know uh, our sport and how we uh you know, the business of our sport mm-hmm. and how the operations of our sport. Um and uh I think uh, those were invaluable experiences uh that um that I learned along the way. I mean, you know, I remember back in the day, you know, we didn't have, you know, um, you know, uh, credit cards that we 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 traveled around. So we would travel around with, with uh you know fanny packs of of cash. You cash. Know? <laughs> And things like that. So that was, you know, that was a lot of stress. You know, yeah. you know, you know walk around and, and you know it's pin relays. You know, uh, with a fanny pack full of cash. You know, but um, you yeah. know, how, so, how did
1: more coaches not get robbed back then? That's true. It was it was cash and receipts. That's all you had. Calling cards. That's all you had was yep. money, receipts, and calling cards.
2: <laughs> exactly. So, uh, so for me, you know, uh, you know, um, you know, it was. Um, you know, it definitely kept me, you know, uh, on my p's and q's. Really, learned, you know, uh, I learned, uh, you know, uh, how to value my time, you mm-hmm. know, as an assistant coach. And then I think the ultimate thing that that it will teach you as a young assistant is understanding the why, understanding, uh, you know, some of the stressors that a that a director has, mm-hmm. you know, and un- understanding you know, why there's certain things that, you know, uh, your hedge coach is going to, you know, ask you to do. And um, I I think that helped me early on understand, you know, the the basis of things Hmm. to where, you know, you know, some of the emotion was just taken out because, I mean, I understood it because it's like, hey, I've been there, started out, I understand it has to be done and, and why you have to pay attention to detail, you know.
1: You know, Dionne, you're extremely intelligent, extremely humble. So I feel like I can ask this, and you'll give a a, a legit answer here, not <laughs> not not a pat. You know, this is what Mike wants to hear. Answer. So with all those different things, again, you talked about learning the profession of coaching. It's not just writing up a workout, it's a whole lot more. Again, it might be, you know, a very small amount is actually coaching, uh, specifically on the coaching and specifically, I'm sorry, specifically in the college and specifically on the power five side. What did you struggle with the most as you were learning all these different aspects of the profession of coaching? What What was a, a a part that you're like, oh man, I did not think I'd have to do this and this. I struggled a little bit here. Is there anything you can think of that had to take a little extra effort from you?
2: I think I struggled with, uh, especially being back at my alma mater, I struggled with, um, um, you know, um, the amount of work that I had to put into it. Mm. And, and, and then trying to just get everybody to be on the same page mm. of, of of, uh, of the you know, of the overall basis. I'm going to talk about the why, what's motivating you. I think that was tough because at the time, you know, when I of came back, you know, you know, obviously in comparison, you're like, okay, this is my alma mater. It's very dear to me. You know, I'm putting a lot of uh, personal emotion into into the mm, uh, job. Sure. As well as physical. And so for me, uh, you know, um, you know, when um you know, when you're you you're surrounded around your counterparts and and that that's not necessarily their motivation. That's not necessarily their their drive. It's hard because especially when you come in, and you're like, okay, uh, I'm the lowest paid on the on the staff, and I'm putting in the work. Hmm. You know, so for me, um, um, no pun intended, but it was for me that was tough because you know um, not everybody is going to have the same uh, energy that you have. Mm. You know, and, and uh, you know, and, and that's okay, and that's okay. And so, my advice is to young coaches: do not allow that to be an extraction, the, mm. distraction, uh, because it was very humbling to me. Because at the time, I thought I was all that in a tic tac because I won my nationals and I came first on state. Right? Yeah. I had to understand that I was there. You know, I, I was on a staff with Rock Light, who was at LSU. Oh yeah. Diane, Diane Willie, who was at Texas. Amazing. I, I mean, um, John Murray, who won several mm-hmm. exceptions under uh, under Coach Coach Kidley. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for me, you know, I was the neo in the room. You know, <laughs> these coaches had already won all this, you know. And, and, uh, you know, they were once me, uh you know, when uh, you know, they were my age. And so uh, it was very it was eye opener to me is that you know yeah. hey, you know, don't, don't allow yourself to get too high and mighty. Mm. Uh, but, uh, I can't say, um, that that was tough because, Mm. you know, uh, you know, you put a lot of work into it and you want to, you want to be, uh, compensated well. So once again, um, at that time, you know, that was, you know, that was tough, you know, in terms of just having to endure the fact that, you know, you know, nobody's going to put, you know, put the energy into it that, 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 uh, that you're putting into it, you know, in terms of, you know, your motivation and your drive, and so you can't allow, you can't allow, you know, uh, what you may feel like that's owed to you, hmm. distraction. Uh, you need to to reflect back and, and understand, uh, you know, uh, the position that you're in, and 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 do do that, you know, and honor that, you know, honor your head coach and do your job and um uh, you leave you know the rest will 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 take care of itself you know so for me i had to learn that
3: mm-hmm.
2: you know mm-hmm. as a young coach i had to learn that you know uh you know you know you don't have to um uh, you, you know you don't have to you know press or you know uh expect uh someone uh to give you a pat on the back all the time you know um uh you you need to make sure That, you know, first of all, you have to have a love for what you're doing. And number two, you have to have a plan. And, you know, and so, you know, that was tough because, you know, you know, you know, not having, you know, that, you know, that person or someone that I could, you know, I really didn't have that many people that I could share that with. Because, you know, of my situation of coming back to my alma mater for a second time.
1: So for the sake of time uh that we have remaining here so you go from Texas Tech back to Arizona State. Um
2: so no no, no. So okay okay, uh, so so fast forward I um my first season was uh spring of 08 okay. and then stayed there 7 years All right and I um got approached by um Dan Waters, who's the head coach at Alabama. Okay, that's right. And he and I had become good uh, good buddies there when he coached at a and mm-hmm. And so um, seven years had passed. Dan had uh, ended up becoming the head coach at Alabama. Um, he needed a sprint coach to come in, and he, he wanted two sprint coaches. So he hired uh, me uh, and Coach Brian Wiley mm-hmm. uh, from Top Plains you know, uh, in 2015, and I decided to leave. I was associate head coach at the time, mm-hmm. and I realized real quick, I'm like, you know what? Coach Keely not retiring anytime soon. <laughs> so uh, if, I, if I want to become a head coach, and Dan and I talked about this, he said if you could come in and you could be successful as a sprint coach in the SEC, I think you will make a name for yourself to where – you know, uh, coaches, you know, would look at you, or ads would look at you, um, as 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 a pretty much a accomplished coach that you've coached for three major conferences. So you and, saw this as
1: an advancement towards that big goal of like, yes. okay, I got to go prove myself in the SEC. Fine, if that's the conference that is all that. Then I better go there and be successful. Okay, all right. So your eyes are still on that big prize.
2: Yeah, my eyes are still in the big prize. Pretty much a lateral move mm-hmm. so move from from. Um, Texas Tech to mm-hmm. Alabama. Mm-hmm. And um, I stayed at Alabama from uh, 2000. Uh, my first year, my first season there was uh, 2016. Mm-hmm. And I stayed there two years uh, at Alabama. And uh, summer of 18 is when Coach Kraft uh, had uh, decided he was going to step down and needed to have a replacement. And so, uh, at the time, I decided to uh, you know pursue the position. obviously, uh, they had already had a replacement mm-hmm. uh, and then that person decided to step down and then so they needed to find another replacement. and so that's where I came into play to where, um or like you know, hey, you know, um, it's a great opportunity. uh apply for the job um. I got hired as, you know, a kind of a assistant head coach in waiting. Mm-hmm. And so um I I accepted the job the job, uh, which, you know, Coach Waters helped me get the job. I mean, mm-hmm. he talked with uh, you know, Don Bakke here and Ray Anderson here and you know, gave me recommendation to to come back. And um, you know, and so um, you know, uh came here the summer of 2018. Uh, and start it all over again, brother. <laughs> repeat, <laughs>
1: repeat, repeat, <Right>. repeat, repeat.
3: <clears throat>
1: now, what we we don't do, we hear this a little bit more in football, the head coach in waiting. What's that like for you in in that role at this time? And, and how does Greg work with you on that? And Greg and I have yet to. I need to talk with him. I have an, a, a really in my heart an amazing story. Uh, of Greg, something that he shared with me that I'd love to share with others, but I don't have permission to share their story. So I, so I can't, but the genesis of that story is he is one of the more selfless people that I have ever met. I mean, to the, I'm going to say to his detriment, meaning like if there's a, a thing that will be good for him, but it's better for other people, um, my My experience is he will choose what is better for the other people. So here he is with this head coaching waiting. someone he knows you're not a complete stranger. You're on staff. He knows your abilities and personalities and uh, strengths and weaknesses. How do you guys navigate this head coach and waiting uh, aspect, which is very unique in track?
2: yeah, it's, you know, first of all, you know, obviously, I knew his style of coaching. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know i I was to come in as an assistant coach, you know, with the, you know, associate head coach's title. But so, you know, you know, Greg definitely gave me opportunity to make some head coaching decisions, you know, you know, and I embraced it. I said, you know, hey, yeah, I'm willing to do that. And so, you know, Greg really walked me through, you know, from, you know, you know, from point A to point B in terms of, you know, this is how you do things this was the, the expectations, you know, uh, here's what Arizona state's looking for. And so from day one, you know, he just really, um, you know, took me under his wings and, and you know, talked to me daily about, um, he allowed me to make decisions of uh, futuristic decisions in terms of budgeting mm-hmm. that, that, you know, obviously he wouldn't be here at the time at the time, but, uh, you know, you know, rest assured he, he, he still, you know, um, you know, um, uh, you know, by role, him being a director at the time, he you know, he really uh, you know, um allowed me to be in a position where I could just watch him lead,
3: mm.
2: you know, um, uh, you know, Arizona State and allow allowed him, you know, you know, allowed himself to uh, you know, uh, be vulnerable in terms of me observing him mm. and, and um, you know, on his way out. So so uh, that was definitely that was definitely a great thing that Coach Kraft did for me.
1: Um, Yeah, that's one of the impressive things is, you know, as you guys are working together on this, there are decisions that need to be made that would affect two to three to four years from now. um, While you guys obviously worked very well together, you assumably had some different thoughts on some different things. So you guys were not the same person. So there were things that maybe you wanted to do a little different. You're such a a humble person. You wanted to honor Greg as well in his last year to two years as he's going to retire. Greg, the selfless guy he is, he wanted to make sure, well, I want to give Beyond control over these things too, because this is going to affect him after I'm gone. I, it's just the melding of those that seems to be very like you guys had to again, this is assumption. so you you correct where necessary. You guys had to have some really unbelievable trust with each other and some really understanding that here are two adults that I may say something that you might get offended. like i, I I'm going to differ my opinion than yours and vice versa. but it's okay. We're two people that are still trying to do the same goal together.
2: But you gotta understand, you know, as a student athlete, I had never won a, a team title. Uh never won an individual title, you know, as a as a as a student athlete in you know, running track and field. So my experience under Coach Craft was, you know, I learned how to be a champion. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, obviously um I understood the craft way, I understood, you know, um, <laughs> you know, uh what it meant, you know, and like I said full circle you know the basis as to why and why why he had to be a certain way when he you know needed to be in terms of just you know asserting his authority and so for me you know uh you know it was it was really like coming home it was really good to come back and be a part of of, of something that that i had left and so uh you know um you know it was business as usual man hmm. you know Kendrick's experience, we we both had you know a, a lot a lot of things to share and to talk about a lot of experiences we had in the past, you know you got to remember at that time it was just overflow for Coach Kraft. I mean you know um you know he had one you know obviously two more you know national championships so you know four all together, mm-hmm. and uh, and so that was very uh you know that was something that you know um you know um, you know, I saw coming, you know, when I left, mm-hmm. so uh, you know, Coach Kraft was an overflow, man. I mean, you know, he's accomplished a lot here in Arizona State. And so it was refreshing, man. It was refreshing just to yeah. work on Coach Kraft for that year.
1: And I think, didn't he have a son on the team that was a senior or something? I so he's yeah. getting his sons on the team, getting ready to his graduate. Son had,
2: already, his son had already graduated. Yeah. So, uh, but, yeah, he, yes, he did. Yeah, he yeah. did.
1: I, you know, my favorite, I, I couldn't get not talk about Coach Craft without telling my favorite story. I had a meeting with Coach Craft and the staff, and I don't think you were on staff at this point. And uh, I had this kind of a almost like a pea green. It wasn't a green, it was not because I know Coach Craft is listening. It was not an Oregon green shirt. I rest assured it was not. <laughs> it was a kind of a lightish pea green type of shirt that had gill on it. And so I'm meeting with the staff, and, and I said something, and he goes, <laughs> looks at me and he goes, Uh, well, we all noticed you wearing your Oregon green shirt up in here. And I was (laughs) like, I was like, Oh, and I I tell you what, that, he was busting my chops. I appreciate him for that. And I, you know, I did quickly explain, no, no, it's not Oregon. I swear, blah, blah, blah. But that really, it stuck with me. And now when I go to meet with coaching staffs, I work like it's conscious of me of what shirt I'm wearing color wise, okay, of whether it's at least neutral, like an all black shirt or something like that. But I, you know, I don't want to go into, um, uh, meet with the Auburn staff and I'm wearing an Alabama red or, you know, walk into Texas Tech staff and I'm wearing the, uh, Texan or like it's like, oh, there's respect here. I'm on your camp, I'm a guest at your campus. So it really stuck with me when Greg kind of busted my chops there. And I was like, yeah, what am I doing wearing any kind of color green on Arizona State's campus? This, this Pac 12 country, they're, they're rivals here. What do we do? So I, I love that he trusted me enough that he could bust my chops in front of the staff and have some fun with it.
2: No <laughs> oh, coach, he's going to tell you how it is.
1: Oh, man. I love him. I love him. All right. So the last few minutes we have here, Dion, you're the head coach. By the way, I don't know if you, you I know you just think I'm part of the team, but you know I'm representing. I there, man. Okay. I'm just making sure. I you didn't say Pretty anything. Good. It kind of hurt my feelings, but I was like, oh, he just thinks of me as part of the team. So it was, of course, I'm wearing the Arizona State, of course. Oh,
2: yeah. we And we both decided to wear black and white, a little different flavor. but That's
1: right. That's right. I got That's right.
2: my, my uh, pitchfork on oh, that. Oh, yeah.
1: I see it, baby. So now you've had this big goal of becoming a head coach, and you've done it. You are now the head coach of Arizona State University. What was it like uh, – I don't know whether it's that first day you went into the office and now your nameplate's there, not Coach Crafts. What was it like, and how do you how do you stay away from this? Was my fault in my career. So my whole career was to get to the SEC, and I got there, and I felt like I had a ride. Like I got there, like this was my whole career. And in fact, I look back at it now, it's like, oh, if I'd had a uh, more of an air of like, oh, okay, well now the job starts. I felt like, oh. I did it. I'm an SEC. I'm golden. Uh, and that did not, that was not the right attitude. How do you, first of all, what was it like when you officially become the head coach there at Arizona State? And then how do you, with your humbleness, how do you fight that, you know, it's great that you're the head coach and that's awesome. That was the big goal, but you're just getting started. Otherwise, you might as well
2: stop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you know, lots of nerves. I mean, I, I can say that I was really ner- nervous in terms of you Know, was everybody going to like me? Uh, was I going to say the right thing? Right. Now I'm in charge of everything. Are the kids going to like me? Or, um, you know, so that was something that you know was really nervous about, but uh, you know, um, very exciting. Uh, you know, uh, you know, yeah, yeah everybody was excited for me. Um, but now, you know, you know, everything, you know. You know, relies on me. Stops
1: at your desk, buddy. That's right.
2: Stops at me. You know, I, I'm the I'm the guy, and so um, so it comes with a lot of expectations. But uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, at the, at that time, you know, obviously, you know, 23 years have passed. You know, and so <laughs> I, I feel like you know, you know, hey, it's just business as usual. Um, now I've got to, uh, you know, not only coach my event group, but now I've got to coach coaches. Mm. so uh, I took you know looked at it that mindset and uh you know um you know you you gotta remember it was tough now because I um you know I uh, needless to say it was you know it was just it was it was you know you know expected that I retained a couple you know some coaches and that's tough to do you know And, and so uh You know, I wasn't able to hire all of my coaches, you Mm -hmm. know, in terms of starting out. So to mesh and gel with coaches that at one point in time, you guys were on the same, you know, equally yoked in terms of the playing field, you know, and responsibilities to now for me to now be the guy, that was tough, you know, Mm -hmm. because obviously they had to change, you know, you know, uh, you know, their, their, you know, perspective on things. And obviously, you know, I had to, you know, um, you know, um, change as well, you know, and so uh, that was tough, Mike, that was definitely tough, but, uh, you know, um, you know, just to, to begin my head coaching career here at Arizona State, uh, you know, I can, you know, it definitely was, uh, you know, um, I can say the first feeling I got was, you know, this is, you know, you know, this is definitely a soft landing for me because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, although Arizona state's one of those programs to where when you talk about being in, 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 in the national conversation of, of winning, we've always been in there since I've, um uh, you know, mm-hmm. since I, have you know, involved with Arizona state, you know, or, you know, um, you know, uh, and since I've coached at Arizona state, we've kind of always been in the conversation. And so, uh, that stress and that's those, mm-hmm. those expectations that, uh, you know, you know, any head coach is going to have in terms of, uh, you know, you being now the guy mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, can you, can you help, uh, you know, um, uh, you know, um, produce some of those, you know, president cups points and, and things mm-hmm. like that, things that, you know, your AD wants you to do finish top three in the conference and, you know, always finish top uh, 15 nationally. So, uh, you know, I, I think there was a little bit of a soft landing because, I, you know, I, I, you know, I'm familiar with Arizona State. You know, I understand, you know, I kind of know um, what it's like to win here. And, and, you know, and I definitely had a plan because of, you know, what we've done in the past and, you know, uh, hats off to Coach Kraft in terms of teaching me how to win.
1: Yeah, I love it. I love it. All right, man, uh, wrap us up here. What What's got you excited about Sun Devil track and field the next year or two here in the as you kind of set your two, three, four, five year game plan. in what's what's got you excited?
2: You know, as, you know, as we dive deeper uh, to deeper depths to go to higher heights, I think I can tell you that, you know, what's exciting about uh, Arizona State track and field, we're getting a new facility. Uh, you know, at one point in time, you know, you know, we we uh, we were thought to, to have one of the nicer facilities in the country. You know, our facility was built in 1977. So it's you know, lots, of, lots of history there. So uh, we haven't built a track here in Arizona State since 1977. So you know, stay tuned to that. You know, we're going to have a new track. You know, so I'm excited about our, tr- our alumni. I'm excited about our track fans, you know, to get, you know, track and f- uh, field meets up and, and running again, you know, uh, in the near future here at Arizona State. And then, you know, you know, uh, to say, you know, uh, I think, you know, uh, when you look at, you know, where we are and where we are in our program, you know, our women are a little bit of down, but our men are, are, are soaring really, really high. And, you know, and, and I'm just excited about, you know, the recruiting efforts that my coaches have put forth, uh, you know, recruiting men and women. And so uh, I think the program is in a really good position for the future. You know, as we, we get, we wean ourselves off the COVID, the COVID mm-hmm. era, uh, I can tell you that, uh, you know, um, had a really good showing, Indoors, uh, but uh, by far uh, we we didn't really show uh, the nation what our, our our men's team was is made of, and so uh, we really feel like uh, you know going out to the outdoor season, uh, we got a lot of uh, things to prove to ourselves as a team, as well as 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 um, you know letting letting the nation know that you know Arizona State is here to stay in terms of uh, what what the nation expects out of Arizona State, so. I'm excited, very happy. Um, health is good, uh, staff is good, um, and so uh, we're we're ready for to go into this outdoor season.
1: Well, we're excited cuz it all culminates in your home state this year. We're going back to Austin. So, uh, yeah, you know, you hard. you guys will have the advantage on what the uh temperature and uh weather will be like cuz uh it'll be it's a whole different ball game down in Austin. Uh much like it is uh, at Arizona state it when it, it comes is. to the heat wave. That's that'll be there. So, uh yeah, man, thank you so much. You know, one of the most valuable things that you can give us is your time. We're just coming off of NCAA indoors, you're outdoor starting, uh, you know, you easily, uh, you don't have time to be talking to us for, for, for two hours, okay. by the way, before a little, little uh, behind the scenes, before we uh, started recording Dion said, well, I just don't know that I'm going to have two hours of anything to tell anybody <laughs> about. And I said, you'll be surprised. And here we are literally at the two hour mark. And it's just been a couple of hours of just chock full of value, man. I'm so um, honored to know your journey. I love, I love your journey. Uh, you know, it's, it's a journey of searching. Uh, it's a journey of coming back, <laughs> you know, coming back oh, yeah. to your, back to your high school, no matter back to your college alma mater, back to your championship alma mater there at Arizona State. And I'm just so excited uh, to continue watching you grow as a leader. You've always been a great leader and a humble. And again, that goes back to the day I met you uh, and how you interacted with me. And so now to see you in the captain's chair, uh, I'm just so excited to see you continue to build that program. And so just so thankful you spend time with us today and share with our listeners your, your journey, man. Thank you so much.
2: Thank you so much. And I just want to say thank you to you, Mike, as well, and thank you to to all the people that's helped me from, you know, Coach Kidley to Greg Metcalf to Greg Craft, uh, you know, uh, to Dan Waters to Daryl Anderson, mm-hmm. you know, these are the the, the people. Dave Smith, uh, these are the people. Uh, are, you know, I wouldn't be here today yeah. if I hadn't be, not been for those those people that I mentioned. So, uh, uh, thank you to you all guys for 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 helping me and being there for me in in my coaching career.
1: That's a heck of a Mount Rushmore, my friend. <laughs>
2: <laughs> All right. Thanks you guys
1: for being here today, this week. I hope you enjoyed as much as I did listening to Dion's journey and learning uh, just where he's come from. I mean, really, you know, I, I, what I love about it is no, nothing fancy, nothing, you know, not, highfalutin and was given everything. He busted his butt and worked for everything. And I think it shows uh, in his attitude and how he's carried himself throughout that career. So thanks for coming here this week. We appreciate you. Again, if you want to leave a uh, review on Apple, I'll, I'll read it out loud here. I'm not afraid. I'll do it. I promise you. So join us next week. We'll do it all over again as we uplift and honor coaches from around the country. Have a great week, everybody.